back to episode 23 of the Beaver Day. I'm your host, Patrick Stillman, joined alongside Grant Garrett Camp. Grant, how you doing today? I'm good, Pat. A pretty successful week of Beaver sports, and uh, for the most part, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, like you said, it was it was a great week for for Beaver sports. I mean, I wouldn't say every team won, um, but definitely a, a lot more wins than losses this week. And, and so, uh, um, as a team, you have to be excited about that. Um, and uh, Garrett, how you doing? Pretty good, Pat. You know, uh, we beat the other purple school yesterday in football, so you know, got got the the hammer back. So that's always good. Yeah, and this was your your first hammer game. Um, and uh, uh for for you, uh, I I know you you were watching the live stream. Weather wasn't the greatest yesterday. Uh, you know, what was it like? You know, that we saw a lot of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Uh, were you expecting that? Were you expecting it to be that chippy? Or you know, you know, what was your overall thoughts on it? You know, it's rivalry game, so you know that brings a different different kind of intensity to the game. I I figured it'd be a little bit chippy, but I'd say it got a little. I mean, not that it got out of hand or anything, but you know, the definitely definitely plays that you see in many rivalry rivalry games in almost every every sport and every at least football rivalry up to D one. So you know, nothing new, but just glad to come out with the dub. Agreed. It was it was a fun game. Grant and I were able to call that game. Um and uh. It was a fun time. If, if you have a chance, you can go back on to com and watch that game over if you would like. You can hear Grant Nice commentary. I know, Grant, I had a good time. I hope you did as well. Yeah, absolutely. That was my first experience of it. Um, last year's game being at Defiance. So the, my first you know taste of it, and I knew I had heard it was going to be like that, but I didn't think. I mean, the line didn't really get crossed, I guess, like uh, Garrett said. Um, but there were definitely extracurriculars like uh, after the play a lot, and it was just uh, a different atmosphere to the game. And, it, and I mean, it, it brought a different, like uh, like Garrett said, a different level of intensity, but at least we got the win and uh, move on next week. Another big thing we need to talk about just before we get into these sports is the fact that Bluffton is now allowing parents. At least uh, they're allowing two people per athlete at the games, and um, I think it was a huge boost uh, for a lot of these teams. Um, how much do you think that has an effect, uh, just allowing at least two family members to be at the games now? It was uh, different. You know, it meant a bit more, I guess I would say, uh, a little bit more of an atmosphere at the games, and it gave, I think, the home uh, team Beavers uh, you know, a bit of a boost, um, you know, just energy-wise more than anything. Garrett, what do you think having home fans, uh, you know, brings uh, just when it comes to just overall atmosphere of the games uh, back in the stands? Uh, well, one thing is that there'll be more people in the stands if you allow par- uh, parents and just two people in general for each player. But also that sense of pride that you want to you want to show out for your parents or your close friends or any family members, and that it's especially for seniors. I know for you, Pat, it was important to play your last game for your parents to be able to watch it and I'm glad they were able to watch it and we also came out with a dub but um you know just something that back getting back to almost getting back to normal with uh with uh sports and viewing of viewing of the sports and hopefully it stays the same and it keeps continuing so that there will be no limit and anybody can come to the games yeah, and like you said, it just felt like a little bit more back to normal. The, you know, obviously, you would love to have more than just two people be able to be there, but slowly but surely, we're getting back to what we what we call normal. Um, and uh, 
like Garrett said, this was the, the last games for men's and women's soccer. They played their two tournament games this week. Um, baseball only had, or softball had two games this week, one conference, one non-conference game. Baseball played technically two and a half, almost three games at Transylvania on Friday night. And then their game on Sunday was postponed to now Monday against Mount St. Joe. And then we'll wrap it up with the D.C. football game. But let's go ahead and get started with women's soccer. Bluffton University women's soccer team wrapped up its 2020-2021 season with a 2-0 loss at the hands of Earlham College on Wednesday, April 7th. Bluffton finished with an 1-8-1 mark overall, 1-6-1 in the HCAC. The Quakers improved to 2-6-1 and 1-6-1 in the conference. With fans in the stands and the sun shining down gloriously on Saltzman Stadium, the atmosphere was electric for the Heartland Conference Tournament matchup that pitted the seven-seeded Beavers against the number eight-seeded Quakers. Maryland jumped out to a 1-0 lead midway through the opening stanza when General Ho found Hannah Walhauser for the early lead. That score held up until Molly Loin connected with Nicole Burkett less than 10 minutes into the into period two as victors took the 7-8 championship round contest 2-0 when the dust settled on Wednesday afternoon. The Beavers pelted Earlham to the tune of 16-5 advantage in socks, including 6-3 on frame. Both teams whistled for 10 fouls while Bluffton forced four more corner kicks. Sophomore Emma White ripped a team-high four shots for the Beavers. Senior Taja Upshaw fired away three attempts, including two on target. Senior Sienna Sullivan and Jules Frazier split up their final 90 minutes between the pipes with Sullivan notching a save for the Beavers. Next up will be the 2020-2021 Heartland Conference postseason warrants, which are slated to be released this week, Tuesday, April 13th. And so we will have that on next week's Beaver Dam if any of our Beavers got any type of honorees. Um, but they, the, the women definitely finished the season um, not the way they were expected, not the way that they wanted to, especially after um, the way that they played last year. But um, I think for them it's just important in the fact that they still got a season, but definitely I would say probably disappointing um, for them compared to uh, what they would normally be used, what they were expecting. Yeah, I know they're disappointed. Um, they had high expectations for themselves and and kind of, you know, like I said, had a disappointing year. But, um, you know, hopefully they have more experience and can carry it into the fall and, and flip a couple of those results that didn't go their way this year. Yeah, they could almost use uh, this season as almost an extended preseason, as we said before, uh, ready for next season. They got, they have a decent amount of returners and contributing players. So I like them to use this as motivation and uh, excited to see what the Lady Beavers do next season. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important to remember that, you know, soccer is a game where this was a very – they had a lot of freshmen come in. Um, this year and, and soccer is a game where it takes time to adjust and um, at the point now where we're at they wouldn't they would just now be starting conference season and it's the same thing for the men's team like they this this is supposed to be the time where you're supposed to be um, getting to play some non-conference games get be able to try a few different things maybe play a little easier competition or maybe a little more difficult competition so that way you can uh, work on things and adjust and so um, with the shortened season, it really, the, this it felt like this women's team just really never was able to get into a rhythm. They never got that feeling out process of being able to adjust. Um, and it definitely, um, I guess, would would in their eyes be disappointing. But but overall, it I think they're just happy that they got a season. Um, but let's move it over to men's soccer, who played their game at home on Thursday. 
um, and they saved its best for last, dominating Anderson University in the HCAC tournament 4-1 to one on a rainy Thursday, April 8th. Bluffton wrapped up its 2020-2021 campaign with a 2-6-2 record, 1-6-2 in the HCAC, while Anderson finished 1-8-1 overall and 1-7-1 in conference play. Some of the credit for Bluffton's fast start needs to be doled out to senior Brendan Nickel, who riled up the fans in the stands with his version of Ted Nugent's stranglehold as the vocarious public announcer address announcer bellowed out Bluffton's starters. It marked the second straight match that Nickel tickled his electric guitar strings during the pregame announcements. Bluffton took a 1-0 lead in, in minute 15 when sophomore Maxwell Kennedy deposited a penalty kick in the upper right corner for his second goal of the season. Four minutes later, junior Jacob Kiger caught the Ravens snapping with his free kick that made it 2-0 two, two less than 19 minutes less than 19 minutes into the contest. An Eli-to-Eli connection midway through the opening stand put the good guys up 3-0 when Elijah Greaser found Elijah Zimmerman for his first collegiate tally in minute 25. The Ravens fought back of the found the back of the net with nine minutes to play in the opening stanza, trimming their deficit to 3-1 to at the break. But Kiger's second goal of the match in minute 62 made the final score 4-1 as Bluffton, Bluffton capped off its unusual season with a second straight victory over Anderson after handling... The Ravens 3-1 at their place on March 13th. Kiger netted two goals in the match for the second time in his career. The four goals for Bluffton marked the most tallies by the men's soccer team since a 5-4 loss to Defiance on October 9th, 2019, also the date of Kiger's other two-goal performance. Greaser's assist pushed his season points to a total of eight thanks to four assists and two goals from a talented sophomore. He and Kiger both fired five shots in the dominating show put on by Coach Richardson's crew. Zimmerman chipped up with three attempts with senior Pat Spillman, and Grant Ingham set up Kiger for his final t- final tally of the match. Bluffton finished with a commanding 21-8 advantage in shots, including 9-5 on frame. Both teams were whistled for nine fouls. The Beavers forced four more corner kicks, 8-4, and sophomore keeper Tanner Newport fended off four Anderson shot attempts while notching his second victory of the season between the pipes. Postseason awards will be slated to be released tomorrow, Monday, April 12th. We will have those announced next week on the Beaver Dam. Um, but a heck of a way for us to, to finish the season. Um, going out on a win against my hometown team. That's now 2-0 and against Anderson this year. Um, but same thing. I, I want to hit on the fact that we would just now be starting conference season. We, we normally play 10 non-conference games and then 9 conference games. And so we would just now be starting season. We've had a lot of injuries. Um, but it was a heck of a way to be able to go out um, – with a 4-1 victory at home with the fans back in the stands. Absolutely, and that was probably easily our best performance of the year and and happy to, uh, you know, cap off the seniors' careers like that at home and and just absolutely dominate that game and, and deservedly win that game by the scoreline. Yeah, definitely, as you said, uh, we probably saved our best for last. Uh, I don't know, but... Uh, you know, we can use this game to carry uh, some momentum coming into next season. You know, we have a lot of returnings and a lot of guys who uh, put in some minutes. Uh, we lose key guys, especially you, Pat. You know, uh, going to miss, miss playing with you. But, you know, uh, I think we're ready to go as a team. You know, we know where we can be next season, and hopefully we're going to prove uh, prove some doubters wrong next season. I definitely think uh, this team is, is heading in the right direction, and it's going to be a short turnaround as they're going to turn around and play again this fall. So um, for, for them, it's just about you know working hard in the summertime and, and adjusting to, to Coach Richardson's playing style and, and gelling in with the freshmen coming in and, and going out there and competing because uh, 
we definitely saw what the program can be like uh, in, a, in some small facets and especially in that last game uh, throughout the season. So I'm excited to, to come back and watch as well as uh, be watching on the live streams uh, in the upcoming years. Um, but let's move over to softball. They played a conference matchup as they split a pair of Heartland Conference contests with visiting Manchester University on a hot Wednesday, April 7th. The Beavers moved to 5-13 and overall and 2-2 two and two in the HCAC, while Manchester improved to 3-13 and overall and 1-3 and three in the HCAC. Bluffton fell behind 5-0 midway through the fifth thanks to four straight scoreless frames to open the game. However, one inning was all it took for the Beavers to put enough tally marks on the scoreboard to cash in with a victory. Following three straight sing- singles that opened the home half of the fifth, Manchester was unwilling to give the Spartan Nemesis Bobby Adams anything to wave her as at a basic bases loaded walk pushed Taylor Ship across the disc for Bluffton's first run of the game. Another free pass to senior Sydney Bone made it five two before Lily Tate unloaded the bases on on her three run double to the wall in right center. Riley Riley Langstaff put Bluffton up six five with an infield single to shortstop, and the Beavers had all they needed for a six five victory in game one. Sophomore Aaron Norman improved to two and three on the season following her five innings of work. She allowed five runs, but just one earned on five hits with two strikeouts and no walks. Junior Grace Fillinger tossed two shutout frames for her first save of the season. Tate and Norman both smacked two hits in game one, with Tate delivering three crucial RBIs in the home half of the fifth inning. A Bluffton run in the first and another in the second had the Beavers tied, but the Spartans pulled away with two scores in the third, two in the fourth, and another in the fifth as the visitors opened up a 7-2 lead over Bluffton. Langstaff picked up Bowen with her ground ball in the seventh, and Lexis Rutledge crossed the dish following Manchester's second air of the inning. But it wasn't enough as the Beavers dropped game two by a count of 7-4. Katie McCord fell to 2-5 on the season after allowing four runs and seven hits in three innings on the bump. Norman tossed 2.2 shutout frames to keep Bluffton within striking distance, banning four Spartans and allowing just three hits in the nightcap. Adams continued her toward hitting against the Spartans, going 3-4 with a run scored after drawing two walks in Game 1. The Beavers were then back in action on Saturday, April 10th, as they went to Case Reserve, and they ended with a sweep at the at the hands of Case Reserve for the second straight weekend. The Spartans won 11-2 in five innings, and then 13-10 in seven, as Bluffton fell to 5-15 and on the season, while Case improved to 18-6. and the visitors went up 2-0 in the top of the first when senior Taylor Steinke doubled home Lily Tate, and then she crossed the dish courtesy of a case air with Taylor Shimp at the plate. The celebration was muted when the home team put up four in the bottom of the frame. Case added one in the second and six more in the third and route to an 11-2 mercy rule victory in five innings. Senior Sidney Bowen and Riley Langstaff finished with two hits apiece. Junior Grace Fillinger fell to 1-6 after allowing 10 hits. 10 runs on just on 10 hits in 2.1 innings of work. Senior Katie McCord closed it out for the Beavers, limiting Case one run over the final 1.2 innings. Case led 9-1 through three innings before the Bluffton offense got some traction in game two. Bowen's two-run double to left center in the fourth, followed by an RBI single by Tate as Bluffton pulled within three runs at 8-5. Bryn Sisko scored on a wild pitch in the fifth, but Case added two more runs in the home half and three more an inning later for a 13-6 lead heading to the seventh frame. Bluffton went to work in the final inning, wrapping four hits to go along with a pair of Spartan airs as the Beavers forced Case to bring their ace, Sidney Brennan, 
back in to close the door as Bluffton put a four spot on the scoreboard. Freshman Katie Fleshman and Brianna Baker drove in runs as Bluffton kept battling. Alexis Rutledge singled to center, placed Fleshman and Emily Dyson, uh, making it 13-10, but Brennan nailed down her second save of the season with a pair of punch-outs to end the threat. Sophomore Aaron Norman slipped at 2-4 and four after giving up four runs on five hits in one inning of work. Tate and Fleshman both finished with two hits for the visitors, while Bowen and Rutledge added two RBIs apiece. The Beavers will be back in action at Bluffton Field on Wednesday, April 14th, when they welcome Mount St. Joe for a pair of Heartland Conference clashes. The first contest is slated for 3.30 p.m. And so for, for this Beavers team, they, they got the split at home against Manchester. They did beat Manchester 2-0. to zero, or, uh, They swept Manchester in a non-conference matchup earlier in the year, but the Beavers still remain 2-2 two and two in the conference. And so for them, um, you know, I guess a split is, is still better than two losses, um, but you would like to see a sweep at, here at home. Yeah, absolutely, Ex- uh, especially against Manchester, who obviously said you took, like, and that sweep earlier in the year, they beat them pretty handily. And um, But, I mean, better than getting swept, and uh, we'll take the win and 2-2, two and two, and everybody else in uh, the conference is, is around that mark. A lot of teams are just trying to find their stride, and uh, hopefully the Beavers can. Uh, in the upcoming week with they have four games at home, uh, two against MSJ and then two against Franklin this week, and hopefully they can come out on the right side of those. Agreed. And so let's move over to baseball. They had a what would be considered a light week in the fact that they only had to play uh, two games after finishing out one of their games that had to be postponed to this weekend because they ran out of daylight. Um, and so uh, they played – Ended up going to extra innings, so they they played multiple games uh, the, on Friday night as they headed down to Lexington for the second time this season on Friday, April 9th. Bluffton took the appetizer, which was the conclusion of the game started back on March 6th when Lenny Winiarski hit a walk-off two-run home run in the bottom of the 11th inning, giving the home team on the scoreboard a an 8-6 to victory. The games on March on March 6th were originally scheduled for Bluffton, but field conditions in Northwest Ohio pushed the season opening series south to Lexington. When the dark of night reared its head, the game was nodded 6-6 heading to the 10th inning. Another scheduled change, this time due to forecast, had had rain written all over Saturday, April 10th, moved those games up to Friday in order to get the three results on the schedule in the span of seven hours. When Yarski finished the contest, three of Three of four with three runs scored in a game-ending dinger. Adam Duncan chipped in two hits during the game that spanned 35 days. Junior Seth Evans worked both innings on Friday night, earning his first career win by just allowing one hit and no runs. Bluffton jumped out to a 1-0 lead in the first game originally scheduled for Saturday, April 10th, when Duncan singled in Jacob Lutovsky in the top of the first. Unfortunately, Transley responded with five runs in the home half, scoring all the, run- scoring all the runs it would need to notch the 10-4 victory. Pinch hitter Kenny Schneider played a jack towel with a single through the right side. Parker Reynolds came around to score following a transient air, making it 6-3 Pioneer midway through the third inning. Adam Yeo picked up Winnie Arski in the ninth, but the final result was never in doubt as the home team finished off its 10-4 victory. Senior Jackson Rogan smacked three hits for the Beavers. Tal, Duncan, Winniarski, and Reynolds all added two safeties. Jacob Bolkins took the, L, uh, took the loss after allowing six runs on nine hits and five innings of work. He struck out four and walked just one. 
fellow sophomore Josh Lee just needed just four batters to record the final four outs for the visitors. Bluffton had a chance to put up a big number in inning one of game two, leading one nothing with the bases loaded and no outs, but two strikeouts and a pop-up ended the threat before the visitors could get could put a crooked number up on the board. Transy answered with four runs in the bottom of the second, all scored after Bluffton retired the first two batters of the inning. The visitors nodded it at 4-4 in the third when Jacob, Jake Bumgard, Bart Gardner, singled home Garrett O'Reilly, and Rogan followed back with a base knot that sent Bumgardner and Duncan across the dish. A three-run shot by Transy in the middle in the bottom of the frame made it 7-4 almost before the Beavers could celebrate nodding the contest. Three straight hits by the Beavers made the score 75 when Reynolds singled home Reed Wool the top of the sixth inning. The Pioneers answered Paul when two with two tallies in the bottom of the frame and three more inning later as the home team led 12 to 5 heading into inning number 8. Transy tacked on a meaningless run in the bottom of the 8 and route to a 13 to 5 victory as the clock struck midnight from Lexington. Freshman Seth Altman dropped his first decision of the year after allowing 8 runs but just 4 earned on 9 hits and 5.1 innings of work. He struck out 3 and walked a pair of pioneers. Town Reynolds led the offense with 3 hits apiece. Reynolds and Rogan drove in 2 runs while Rule crossed the dish 2 times. Bluffton will then get a rest um, on Saturday and now Sunday after the game was postponed, and they will face Mount St. Joe on a doubleheader. First game is slated for 1 p.m. on Monday, April 12th. Uh, Once again, they're only allowing two people per player. Um, So if if you're not one of those two people, please tune in to the live stream. Um, But it was important for the Beavers to... You would have liked to see them try to, to get that overtime win and then uh, at least get a split there at Transy, but um, just an unfortunate decision, but at least you walked out of there with at least one. Yeah, absolutely, and, and to get that extra extra inning win and on a walk-off, no less, uh, it, probably a good, good feeling there, but unfortunate results uh, you know, in the other two games. But a big week coming up, and you got to turn around and focus on uh, you know two games against MSJ who are the only team below you – or. No, the team right above you uh, in in conference play, and then Defiance rivalry game, who's below you, um, and then Earlham, who's second, all at home. It's a big week for Beavers baseball. It's a big week for, for, for Beavers baseball, and for them, I know they're extremely frustrated, but um, it's just about trying to get back on the right track, and uh, they have an opportunity getting to play a lot of games here at home with the parents back in the stands. Um, so we wish them luck, I'm sure. Grant Garrett and I will be out there to support the Beavers at some point this week. We're going to have a lot more free time on our hands now that soccer season is over. Uh, but let's finish it up with uh, with the highlight of the weekend. The Bluffton University football team faced off against rival Defiance on a rainy Saturday, April 10th. Bluffton held off the rival Jackets thanks to a fourth-quarter fumble and then a fourth-down stop as the Bluffton, at the Bluffton 42 with just 125 to play as the Beavers improved to 4-3 and three overall and 3-3 three and three in the Heartland Conference. Defiance fell to 2-4. and four. On both accounts, the game got off to an exciting start as Defiance scored on its opening drive and capped it off with a successful two-point conversion. The Beavers only need two plays to find the end zone on their ensuing possession. Quarterback Zachary Nobis connected with Lorenz Johnson in front of the Defiance bench, and he did the rest, taking it to the house for 53 yards. That made the score 8-7, less than five minutes into the game. Less than a minute and a half later, Naz Naz Navorius. Williams hit pay dirt for the second time in the first quarter, and, and this time from 40 yards out as D.C. went up 14-6 to with a conversion attempt off the mark. 
Bluffton made it a one-point game late in the first when Malik Tucker ran it in from five. Five yards out with 239 to play in the opening stanza. The point after was blocked as Bluffton trailed 14-13. to Freshman Phenom Montez Archer recovered a, fumble, recovered a fumble for the Beavers at the 130 mark to end the first quarter as the Beavers were down by a point. The only denting of the scoreboard in the second quarter came with 30 seconds remaining when Novus punched it in for, from four yards out after Defiance roughing the kicker penalty took a field goal off the board before it was replaced by seven points with the extra point when the extra point was good. The touchdown with 29 ticks remaining made it 20-14 to 14 Bluffton at halftime. To open up the second half, Bluffton took over at the Defiance 39-yard line following a 33-yard kickoff return by Andre Price. The Beavers marched to the five, setting up kicker Daniel Blanford for a chip shot 22-yard field goal that proved to be the difference as Bluffton extended its lead 20 to 23-14. Defiance just outside of the red zone, Stacey Littlejohn came up with a huge third-down stop that pushed the Yellow Jackets back three yards. Defiance went for it on fourth down and miss, misfired, giving the ball back to the Beavers. Heading into the final quarter, Bluffton maintained its 23-14 to edge over the rivals from Defiance County. Five minutes into the fourth quarter, Defiance capped off its 65-yard drive with a 10-yard Dalen Lang touchdown pass, but the failed two-point conversion made the score 23-20 with just under 10 minutes to play. Later in the quarter, when Bluffton clinging to that three-point lead and the Jackets driving, Brady Hochstein recovered a fumble forced by Martez Neighbors, helping Bluffton go on to win as the Hammer returned to its rightful home at one university drive. While Bluffton came away with the victory, Defiance netted more yards on offense as the visitors garnered 330 total yards compared to 256 for the home team. Both squads struggled to move the chains on third down, with Bluffton just going 3 of 15 and Defiance going 5 of 14. The Beavers cashed in on all three of their red zones opportunities, including two touchdowns. The Yale Laundry numbers were a huge story with Bluffton penalized 11 times for 105 yards compared to 11 penalties and 79 yards for D.C., and that doesn't factor in the numerous offsetting 15 yards that were never assessed. Nobis threw 10 completions on the day for a total of 130 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. Tucker led the Beavers with a rushing tack of 87 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries. Johnson led the receiving core three catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Loudon Saulbeamer and Keith Holmes Jr. and Archer led the way for the Beavers' defense as all three finished with seven tackles. Another huge play for the Beavers came in the fourth when when Justin Rupp gave his best Odell impression when it went high high to pull down an Eric Stapp with one hand and, set it, and send the punt into defiance territory as Bluffton avoided disaster. Bluffton will cap off its unusual 2020-2021 season next weekend when the Beavers host Rose Holman on Saturday, April 17th. Um, but a huge win for the Beavers as they were able to go at home and defeat the Yellow Jackets and come home with a victory. Um, and, and I do like that they included that Justin Rupp uh, one-handed save because, honestly, that could have been a huge, huge play that could have probably cost the Beavers team uh, the win here if he did not make that play. Yeah, absolutely. It was a heck of a play on special teams. And, um, you know, special teams was a big factor. Uh, you know, uh, Montez Archer makes a heck of a play on a heads-up, you know, half the punt team for defiance is off the field and they thought they downed it but uh archer picks it up and gets it to the 21 and, and bluffton gets points that end up being decisive and the game early we thought it was going to be a shootout the entire way but the offense is kind of uh stalled out in the second half and made the game really 
really tight at the end, and the defense made a lot of adjustments on both uh, on both teams. And Bluffton ends up coming up with the win, and it's a huge it's a huge momentum win uh, as a program in general. Yeah, as you said, uh, it looked like a shootout, but the offenses offensive uh, offenses settled down and the defense dug in. But you know, it's always nice to get the hammer back. Um, just a a big uh, momentum swing for the season as um, momentum was something the Beavers needed coming into this last game as they they dropped the past three games. But other than that, uh, uh, great great showing from the Beavers, and I'm excited to be able to uh, watch the game in person next Saturday. Yeah, and the, the Beavers have a chance to finish the, the the regular season conference with a winning record, which would be huge. Um, they're right now they're four and three. They have a chance to be able to. Um, they're three and three in the conference, four and three overall. So no matter what, they're at least five hundred on the overall year. But to finish with a positive record um, would be huge. Just momentum with recruiting all together. So uh, I'm excited to to be at the game, and it'll it'll be the uh, last game that that we get a call, and, and I'm excited and. Grant, I know you love calling a football games, so I don't think you're going to be complaining about getting to call one more. Absolutely not. I love being out there in the environment and uh, the atmosphere I do enjoy. Grant, you got anything else to wrap up this episode of the Beaver Dam? It was a, it was a lighter week as uh, some sports are starting to wrap up, uh, but you got anything else? No, I think that's about it. We got a big week for uh, softball and baseball, a lot of home games, and hopefully uh, student, student faculty and Two parents per student, uh, per athlete on the teams can be out there and make the atmosphere um, an exciting one for those teams, and hopefully they can they can have a successful week and and continue their their uh, their seasons and and push for a you know a successful year. I would agree with that. One other thing, the track and field team did have a meet yesterday at Manchester University. We do not have the results from that yet, but we'll hit on that next week. But other than that, this does wrap up the episode of the Beaver Dam. We thank you for listening and encourage you to come back and listen to us next Sunday at 7 p.m. Check out previous podcasts, search and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, the WIT 961 podcast at Bluffton University. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Beaver Dam 961. For more stories and information, check out our website, bluffandwit.com, and subscribe. This has been Patrick Spillman, joined alongside with Grant Ingham and Garrett Heitkamp. We thank you for listening to 96.1 The Wit. Roll beef.